You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Three, two, one... But I've worked it out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Street is on Everybody the phone. Episode 5. Here. With the podcast. It's yeah. America. The Outdoor Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, June 9th, 2022, people. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's having a great day. Hope everybody's voice sounds better than your buddy Aaron Torres. So here is the deal with my life in general and then today's show. Okay, so obviously I was away all weekend, did some stuff, work, fun, whatever. Came back on Tuesday afternoon, had absolutely no voice. You know what you shouldn't do when you have zero voice? You shouldn't do an hour-long solo podcast, only that's exactly what I did. And I woke up Wednesday and basically, I mean, when I tell you this is the best that I have sounded all day, this right now is the best that I have sounded all day. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to do like two minutes here, and then we are going to get to my guest, Phil Elson, the Arkansas radio play-by-play voice, to preview the Super Regional Round in college baseball this weekend. And as a backstory. Um, let me explain like, like where, you know, Phil and I have been friends for years. Phil is, uh, you know, the play-by-play voice again of one of the best baseball programs in America, the Arkansas Razorbacks. And we did this last year when I first got into college baseball. So let me explain, um, my background with college baseball, Phil, and then we're going to get to the interview. But a little over a year ago, I've never followed college baseball. Okay. I actually talked to Phil about it. I already recorded the interview with him and when I was at college, when I was in college at UConn, I went to one baseball game the entire time. Never watched, never watched college baseball. Never got into it. Never whatever. About a year ago, in the lead up to the NCAA tournament, I had a buddy tell me, "Hey, Aaron, you understand there's going to be three teams from your home state of Connecticut in this field of 64 for college baseball." Last year it was UConn, Central Connecticut, where I actually had a buddy from high school played over there, and Fairfield University, which is about an hour and a half from where I grew up. And I had my buddy say, dude, you got to get into this, man. This is great. And so last year I started watching it and I started calling myself a college baseball guy. And I I use it as a tongue in cheek thing because the reality is I know nothing about college baseball. And I'll be real. I don't really want to know anything about college baseball. Like it's the one sport where I can watch it knowing that I don't have to have an opinion on it. I don't have to talk about it. I'm not going to like do an eight. 12, 15 minute monologue on this podcast just talking about, um, you know, 
college baseball, whatever. So last year, I really got into the tournament. Last weekend, of course, was the opening round of this year's tournament. And let me say this. I thought it was as great of a national showcase for college baseball as I have ever seen. Maybe it's because I was in Vegas. Maybe it's because I spent Sunday in a sports book where all of the regionals were going on. There were games on all day. Maybe it's because on Monday, it felt like Monday night, everybody was locked in on the tournament. The crazy UConn, Maryland, the weird play at first base, was it interference, was it not? Uh, Arkansas at Oklahoma State, the incredible finish in that regional. Obviously, Stanford, for people who didn't see, scores three runs in the bottom of the ninth. They were down two. They win in a walk-off. It felt like this weekend was as great of a showcase as I've ever seen for college baseball. And I think, and I've had a couple people sit here and text me and DM me and say, "Dude, I kind of started watching just because you tweet about it and you're an idiot." But I'm really, really, really into it. And so what I figured I'd do, I was gonna have Phil on anyway. But the fact that I have no voice makes it that much better. Uh, and Phil's great. Like Phil's incredible. I've known him for years. But more importantly than anything, he knows the sport like the back of his hand. He covers Arkansas, which means he's seen most of these teams in person. Um, obviously Tennessee is in the SEC. I don't think Arkansas actually played them this year because of a scheduling quirk, but the bottom line is he knows Tennessee. He knows Texas A&M. Um, and, and, you know, the teams that he hasn't seen, he knows like the back of his hand because this is his job. This is his livelihood. It's how he pays the bills. So I'm going to bring out Phil Elson. We are going to talk a ton of college baseball. We're going to talk about the excitement of the regionals, the excitement of the super regionals, what makes this sport great. Talk about some of the teams, my UConn Huskies, first Super Regional since 2011. By the way, I think everybody knows, but Super Regionals, it's a best of three series on a home field. So that was the other thing that stood out watching these games on Monday and Sunday is how great these home fields were. Maryland, I, I've never even knew Maryland had a baseball team. That place was rocking. Oklahoma State, I mean, I don't know how big that ballpark is, but when I tell you that that was one of the craziest environments I have ever seen for a college athletics event, that place was crazy. And so this is a great sport. Last weekend was double elimination in home ballparks. This week we have eight best of three series to determine who goes to the College World Series. The Super Regionals are here, and I don't think there's anybody better um, talking college baseball, what it all means, than Phil Elson, the the play-by-play voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks. It is time to get to that interview. I'll stop talking. I think everybody wants that because my voice is a train wreck right now. By the way, one quick thing. If I have a voice, we will do an episode on Friday. If not, we'll push back to Monday. Do want to get out a third episode this week. Next week, we are back on a normal schedule. Really excited for that. But with that said, it is now time to get to my good buddy, Phil Elson, the voice of the Arkansas Razorbacks to talk college baseball. You know why? Because I'm a college baseball guy, baby. And talk super regionals. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Joining me via Zoom. You know, Jim Nance says there's a tradition unlike any other down in Augusta. The Phil Elson, Aaron Torres Super Regional Preview. This is two years in a row. Uh, Phil Elson, the play-by-play voice of Arkansas baseball, of Arkansas women's basketball, host on ESPN Arkansas. Dude, you are at a crazy region. First of all, it's great to be here. Uh, so two weeks a year I get into college baseball. And, Phil, I told you, I think I told you last year, you're my Schefter, Woj, Stephen A., all rolled into one when it comes to college baseball. How you doing, man? You good? I'm I'm doing really good, AT. First of all, we need you. We need to get you better college baseball contacts because you've got every, uh, you've got all the other sports handled. But if if you think I'm the main expert, if I'm Schefter and I'm Woj rolled into one for college baseball, oh boy, oh boy, because I'm biased. I'm biased because I'm an Arkansas guy, um, and I'm an SEC guy. But uh, I like to. I like part of this tradition because you know. I mean, I. I owe you. I mean, you've been doing free radio for me for like seven years, man. So I, I'm all about helping you. And by the way, you're much more than a college baseball guy this year than for just two weeks because you and I were talking UConn stuff. Woo. I'd say about a, I'd say about a month to five weeks ago. So you got reason to be even more into it, Mr. Husky. Well, listen, we're going to talk about my Huskies in a minute. First of all, I, I think that's actually a great place for me to start because – I could be like just it could just be my total imagination. So you are the voice of the Hogs, voice of Arkansas baseball. Um, you were in Stillwater, so I know you you're focused on your games. You don't know. It felt like this weekend. You know, I talk about me being a college baseball guy. It felt like it was as mainstream as I can ever remember. Where part of it was Sunday, I was in Vegas. I was in a sports book. You know, the NBA Finals is going on, but you got two, three games on ESPN, ESPN two, whatever. But it felt like Monday night between the Arkansas Regional, my Huskies with the controversy in College Park, the Stanford walk-off. Am I crazy? Did you get the sense? I mean, again, I know you're in the ballpark. I know you're focused on whoever the Hogs are playing on that given day or night. It feels like this was the year that it, like, like basically I was a year ahead of schedule, basically starting to call myself a college baseball guy last year. Is that, do you think that's fair to say? I do. I do. I don't think it's a sport that gets – you know, a big spotlight for its entire season. Sure. But when you get into the postseason of college baseball, I think it's understood that the intensity of these games and, you know, a regional weekend is different from a super regional weekend. And that's different from the first week of the college world series, which is different from the college world series finals. The, the intensity of these games is incredible. It's like, I mean, we, we all, we all pay attention to the major league baseball postseason. 
even if you don't pay attention to the five months of the regular season, you're watching October baseball because it, it, it's intense. It means championships are moving on. It's playoff baseball. And that's what this is too. Um, but it, it also, it, it, you know, there's like just a little bit less depth on, on, on college baseball teams than in major league teams. So it just, you have some of these players, pitchers specifically, that are just put into some situations that they haven't been in all year. You know, they're throwing, they're pitching extra days than they might have. Uh, and, and it leads to some heroic performances, which is what we saw in Stillwater when Arkansas beat Oklahoma State uh, seven to three in the last game of that, of that regional. But uh, I think people love exciting sports yeah. and college baseball just wasn't really televised on a, on a, on a routine basis, uh, but it, it has become now. So I think more people watch that. I, I remember like last year is when I thought that, 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 that there was a baseball public that might've been underserved and was, and, and started to glom on a little bit to the college baseball postseason. Because I remember like Arkansas last year hosted a regional this year, we went on the road. And, and when we played, when Arkansas played Nebraska last year uh, in the regional final, that was the only game on television at that time. I think that was uh, people were watching it nationwide and it was a sick atmosphere. It was a great game. And, and, and I remember seeing on social media, just how, how people from new England and the West coast who don't pay attention to college baseball really were just like, wow, they like do baseball like that there. And that's exciting. And this postseason has been just like that too. So uh, if, if you love March madness because of the immediacy of the college basketball season coming to an end for so many teams, like nobody plays on back-to-back days in, in March madness for college basketball. That's what baseball is all about. So you get this drama and this intensity on a day-by-day basis for four days straight. It's just so much fun. Well, that, yeah, no, and I mean, I think that, that that's obviously the vibe that, that I get too. And it's, you know, I love college hoops, but it's kind of the same with college hoops, right? Is that most people don't follow it. 365, they started to pick it up late February, early March. And that was, you know, that I, I feel like that was kind of the energy that I had last week. I also feel like the, at least the, the regional weekend, and I, I know super regionals will be the same, the, the, never ending cycle of games that are just at different points where, you know, one or two games is coming down the wire, but Oregon state and Stanford are just putting out the first pitch. And it's like, I'm not saying that, and maybe people do, I don't know, but like, I'm not saying people sit there for 18 straight hours and watch, but you really can. And that, that was the other thing too, was again, being in Vegas this past weekend and, you know, (laughs) you lose track of time pretty quick. And all of a sudden, you know, in Oregon states in the, you know, the, you were just watching UConn at, at, you know, what felt like 9 a.m., whatever, Pacific time. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's the sixth inning with Oregon State, but it's still light out there. That That's the cool part of it, too, to me, you know? Yeah, well, so you were in Vegas and you could tell me whether or not if you saw at sports books that more people are watching college baseball than before. But I do get the sense that, I mean, we can talk about, about gambling in sports. This is part of it now. I mean, we're all sponsored by by online casinos and stuff like that. And if, if, if gambling on football helped make the NFL what it is, and the same with college football, uh, I mean, it's not a bad thing to say that college baseball lends itself to uh, a lot of action. I'm not a gambler, so I'm not saying I do this myself, but I know people that, that love that kind of action. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an easily parlayable sport 
but like good luck doing that if you don't want your <laughs> blood pressure to totally bubble over because the ability the amount of comebacks like when we were in Stillwater you, no lead was safe Oklahoma State was down 12 nothing in in the first in the third inning on Sunday and then they end up beating Missouri State by 15 that's like football stuff <laughs> and then take Arkansas to extra innings just uh I, I do have a sense that that maybe there's a little more action on, on college baseball in the last few years. And that might also help fuel some of its popularity amongst a certain sect of the sporting public. Let me ask you about the Stillwater region. I was watching some highlights uh, while I was, you know, getting ready to, to talk to you. And I, I was watching all weekend, but you know, I had a the basketball event on, on, I guess it was Monday night. So I wasn't watching for that place. Um, you know, we talked last year about Arkansas being a great place to watch a game and Mississippi State and I don't know which other ones we talked about last year. LSU, I'm sure, is right up there. That Oklahoma State place, I don't know how big it is, but it was loud and it was orange and there was a lot going on there. I mean, how fun, how fun was it to, to call just fun games there? But what does it feel like, you know, doing a, a post-game interview with somebody or, you know, being part of the dog, you know, watching the dog pile from the booth when you just walk, the place just seemed crazy. And for Arkansas to walk out with a win was like, it, it just feels like I can't, e I can't even describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That was the, 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 all of the postseason success that I've seen them have has been at Baum Walker stadium. So they've been doing it in front of 10 to 11,000 rabid Razorback fans and Oklahoma I mean, O'Brate stadium in Stillwater is a, beautiful baseball park it really is i can't imagine anything that's wrong with it at all uh they had seven thousand in there for the last game of the regional and that was standing room so it's it, it's kind of tightly packed in um all the amenities you'd ever need and it felt like a hitter's ballpark and it certainly acted like it over the over the series um yeah i mean that's part of what makes that's part of what makes these these regionals so hold on one moment here <laughs> i'm getting a phone call from my boss from Learfield I'll text him and tell him I'm doing this with you um the the ability to play these games at home like that's another thing about March Madness that's different mm -hmm. women's basketball the first two rounds are on on campus sites and baseball um you know first of all if you get if you're batting last you already have a built-in advantage just being the home team and now playing in front of your home fans it just kind of makes it that much more difficult for some teams but, uh, you know, Arkansas this year showed they, they won a series at Auburn. It's a really tough place to play. Uh, and even though it wasn't in front of a lot of fans, they won in a pretty uncomfortable place on the road going to Missouri, which defines uncomfortableness in college baseball, I think. Uh, so the, handling, that, handling that crowd at Oklahoma State was, uh, was awesome. I mean, you know, that, kind, that place reminded me a little bit of the crowd that, that you'll see uh, it, when Texas A&M plays against Louisville at Bluebell Park, um, that is, we played there this year, and that was probably the best atmosphere that we've played in all year long. Uh, those are those are fans that uh, A&M, you know, they're known for the twelfth man for football. Well, you don't, you can't do a twelfth man for baseball because you need ten in the lineup, counting the pitcher. <laughs> so call them the eleventh man. And they make a difference there. So, you know, like if I were to pick one place right now, and I'm not going to even count Tennessee. I'm not going to count Tennessee. If I were to pick one place outside of Tennessee 
that would have the biggest home field advantage built on the crowd that's going to be there, it's Texas A&M. Because that's a crazy place to, to go uh, try to win a series right now. Real quick, to Texas A&M. I want to talk Tennessee and UConn in a minute. But for Texas A&M, right? Um, and this is something like, and this is why I love not knowing anything, but I'm, I'm intrigued by it. Like in college basketball, right? If, if I don't know that how often it would be that uh, at a, in a major conference like the SEC, first year head coach comes in, and just has this immediate success. So Texas A&M, for people don't know, Jim Schlossenagel, and I know because I go on a radio there, and they were hired, they were hyped up about the hire. He comes from TCU, but obviously A&M was clearly pretty bad last year because they got rid of the last guy. So how did that turn around so quickly? Was the program, was the talent there just underachieving? Is the portal now the X factor? I mean, how did they go from just being so bad they had to fire their, their coach last year uh, to being in a position now where they're hosting a Super Regional? And I think they finished well, second in the SEC behind Tennessee. Yeah, they, they, they won the West Division this year, which and, and they did it by coming from behind, trailing the entire regular season and winning in the last week, taking over first place from Arkansas. So they were the dark horse for a while there. They came out of nowhere. Nobody expected, I think, this kind of season from Texas A&M. Yeah, they built it through the transfer portal, man. I mean, you got guys like Dylan Rock that, I, that uh, played UTSA. Uh, and, and he's been their top hitter, certainly power hitter most of the season. They've uh, rebuilt the pitching staff in some ways on, on the transfer portal. There were like five or six different Division I transfers, not just JUCO, not JUCO transfers. I mean, Division I transfers that, uh, that they targeted and brought in. And it took a little bit of time for A&M to, to gel, but they've, they've won seven consecutive series. You know, and that, this is kind of what I mean, like the college baseball season is really weird in that it's a series based format like you play three games on the weekend and you want to win them all of course but the committee they even said when they were selecting the field of 64 they do pay attention to series wins along with number of wins but series wins in conference means something and and so you get you get series on the weekends and then two games in the middle of the week that don't count on the weekend, but they still count a little bit for your postseason resume. And then you get to the conference tournament, which every every league has a different format of the tournament. Uh, and then you get into the regional weekend, which isn't a series. You may end up playing a team three times like Arkansas played Oklahoma State three times, but it's not a series. It's just don't lose twice. And, and if you manage to do that, then you're back to the series format where you're trying to take two out of three. But if you win the first two, you don't have to play three. And then you go to the college world series where you're back into that regional format in a 14 pod where you don't want to lose twice. And then it's back to two out of three again. So, but A&M was dangerous even in the conference tournament because they, the only team, the only, their only loss was to Florida and they were at a position A&M was where win or lose at that point, they'd already, salted away being a top eight national seed and then they had a pretty good hit a pretty easy time I think in their in their regional that's a frighteningly good team right now they're playing fundamental baseball they got they've got righties and lefties in the lineup they've got a strong bullpen lefties in the pen that can neutralize left-handed batters and and that pays dividends uh, the other thing too is Louisville has one road series win and I don't know if their second road series win of the year is coming in Bluebell Park at, at A&M it's the place you don't want to play, you know, not including Tennessee. So let's talk about the Vols. 
yay or nay, you in or out. I mean, obviously you don't like them because they're a conference rival, but all of a sudden, like, you know, the, the, the fur coats and the middle. So people don't know, like number one team in the country all year. Um, Skipper is a little, would we call him fiery. Is that an understatement? Tony Vitello? I mean, a little fiery. Um, yeah, he's really fiery on the field, Aaron. You know, his, before he took the head coaching job at Tennessee, he was the top assistant at Arkansas and was the recruiter and, and hitting coach. And he was a pitching coach before at Mizzou. I mean, Tony's a guy who's, whose dad was a coach in high growing up. Um, he played at Mizzou. Like I said, he's been a hitting and a pitching coach at the top level. And I think he was just kind of waiting for the right opportunity. And Tennessee turned out to be it. I don't hate Tennessee uh, partially because like their staff is built of former Razorbacks. Tony being one of them, um, Josh Elander, who's his, uh, was his first hire, was the student assistant at Arkansas for a couple of years and then took the job with Tony at Tennessee. And then their uh, graduate assistant is Luke Bonfield, who played four years at Arkansas and is one of my favorite Razorbacks. So I have a really difficult time like disliking Tennessee. Those are good dudes. I mean, they're great baseball guys, and I, and, and I enjoyed the success that they had at Arkansas. But it's one of the interesting things about the way that they do things there compared to like how Arkansas does things. And, and this isn't a matter of, oh, we're just having fun and all of that. Everybody has fun when they're playing baseball. Arkansas has fun celebrating in the dugout. They don't come out of the dugout very much to celebrate. That's a, that's a cultural part of the way they do it. Tennessee isn't just celebratory out of the dugout, but I mean, in every way around the bases. And I mean, everybody's got to have an opinion on this. I mean, it's, it's not the way that I remember watching people celebrate. And sometimes it feels like it's a little much because it's not just having fun. It's rubbing your opponent's face in it. But until somebody stops them, be, meaning beating them twice in a weekend, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they are that good. You know, they are good in every aspect of the game. They're good in the field. They're great on the mound, especially their starting pitching is dominant. They've got relievers that can beat you. They got a guy who's throwing harder than anyone in Major League Baseball right now, and Ben Joyce. They got power all throughout the lineup, and they're playing at home in front of a very uh, loud and let you know it fan base that's waiting for something to celebrate deeply. You know, Tennessee athletics has been hurt i think you know fans have felt hurt there for a long time uh you know they've they've been on the national stage in football before but it's been a while they've been on the big national stage in women's basketball but they're not quite at the level they were for a long time men's basketball is a lot of regular season success and heartbreaking in march and i think they feel like this is the this is the team to you know get them that ring that they can celebrate yeah, it's funny. I um, I know you know, but we have uh, the team-specific accounts, you know, Torres on the Hogs, whatever. And the Torres on the Vols kid, when they won the SEC basketball tournament, he, you know, he's a young guy. He's an intern. He was so happy. And I was like, you enjoying this, man? He's like, I've never seen them win anything in my life. And I was like, wow. You know, like, you know, you take it for granted that just it's Tennessee. You know, you and I are old enough to remember when they were like, phenomenal at football um 
ladies basketball with Pat Summit. So yeah, I hadn't really considered that. Um, I, I, I enjoy it from a distance. You know, the thing that I respect about it is they back it up, right? Like it's one thing if you act like a jerk and you don't, you know, you don't back it up, but I mean, they were basically unbeatable for most of the year. Vitello gets suspended. They go to, I think, Florida. I, I know they went to Florida. I think they swept them without him or they won three in a row without Tony Vitello after the thing with Alabama. Um, that's what I respect is like a lot of people can talk, but if you don't back it up, there's, no, you know, there's not much to it. And it seems like they, you know, they, they, for the most part this year have done that. They put themselves in a position. It's almost like they've, they, I've seen them compared a little bit to Spurrier's Gators when sure. Florida kind of took over in the nineties. They seem to me to be a little more of like, the Miami Hurricanes of Vinny Testaver, like this is the team that would wear fatigues on the plane. <laughs> but you don't want to be the team that wears fatigues and then loses in the national championship. So, but I mean, you're right. They've backed it up uh, and, and they are a great baseball team. There's no two ways about it. Even if they were to lose this weekend, now, that's how I felt about Arkansas last year. Baseball is such a cruel sport. Um, the, last year, Arkansas won the SEC championship regular season and the postseason and and won every week and you know Tennessee did have a series loss this year so that makes it a little different from last year's Arkansas team but they lost to a red hot North Carolina State team that uh, that you just had to tip your cap to a team that came in and won at Baum Walker did that diminish last year's Razorback season a little bit but it doesn't diminish the achievements that they already that they already taken care of and and how great they were and I feel like it's probably the same with Tennessee even if even if Notre Dame somehow finds a way to win two there, which would feel like a miracle, uh, Tennessee is still a great team no matter what. Do you buy into the whole? I don't know how many years you could tell me that the number one overall seed doesn't win a championship. Does that matter? Is it just a weird stat? What do you make of that? I I don't, I never buy into that kind of stuff, and I've been I've had callers on my show just you know always point those things out to me. I don't believe in 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 curses. I don't believe in jinxes. Those things don't exist. That's a that's a that's a matter of baseball being baseball, sure. that it's the most impossible sport to predict because there's too many variables. There's too much going on. There's too many there's too many one on one battles that involve too many different pitchers and too many different hitters uh, for for somebody with a one next to their name to always feel any ever feel confident that it's just going to happen. Um, so. Uh, give me another 40 years and I'll feel like, okay. Cause everybody will say like, all right, is it this team or the field? Is it this team or the field? When it comes to baseball, if you're going to give me one team against the field, I'll take the field 100 times out of 100 times. Mm -hmm. This is the most impossible sport to predict. I think, especially once you get to Omaha, because then you're not playing in your home ballpark and, and, and the, 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 the days are spread out a lot farther than they're used to. So, uh, Tennessee might be the team to end that streak that Miami, I think Miami 99 was the last team to pull it off. Um, but uh, I don't believe that that's, that that has any, it's like, you know, it's like uh, the Madden jinx or the SI jinx, all these kind of things. I mean, to, to be quite honest, maybe does it have anything to do with people having a spotlight on them or whatever? Uh, maybe a little bit, but I don't buy into any of that. All right. You know who I got to ask about now? Tell me about the Huskies. I mean, come on now. We've been talking about them for weeks. Do you think, okay, what's the scoop with the RPI? How did they end up as a three seed? Now, admittedly, they ended up in the right region because they beat Maryland, I think, you know, 
three times, I think twice. I guess they only beat them twice. They beat them two out of three. I'm sorry, that was dumb. It's double elimination, but they beat them two out of three in their ballpark. So they obviously ended up in the right region. Come on now. Three seed, I think they ended up with the second most wins. Jim Penders is a dog. Like, what are we doing here? You know? It's it's a it's a matter of the league you play in. It's a, just an unfortunate thing. You know, like, I think if UConn were to have that kind of a season when they played in the American Conference. Interesting. You know, when it was an American Conference school, I mean, that's a that's that's a better baseball league than the Big East. Um, you know, but so women's basketball had to pay the price for that, even though they didn't really pay a price at UConn for being in the AAC. But, you know, they had to schedule a little differently. They, they probably have to schedule a little bit differently. And, and it's unfortunate that they I know they're putting money into this, into the into the beautiful stadium. But it's still in Connecticut. Like it's, it's this is what makes baseball such an unfair sport in college is that there's this north versus south thing, that is all about weather, all about weather. Like you can't. And by the time the conference season starts, they 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 don't they haven't they haven't been able to get anybody be able to play anybody that you know really matters very much. Uh, so. It, 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 if you have that many wins and your RPI is still in the forties, it's all league oriented. That's all, that's all that it's about. Arkansas's RPI was a problem this year because they didn't play on the road enough. Um, you know, RPI is weighted to where road wins count more than home wins. Mm-hmm. And they, they played the fewest road games in the sec. And they also scheduled in state schools for the first time. And those RPIs were very bad. So usually if it's RPI, like you can complain about it now, but it's all a matter of who you played. That's it. It's just a matter of who you played. What do you make of the Huskies? I mean, obviously I know you're not watching on a day-by-day basis, but pretty good program Jim Penders has put together, huh? Absolutely, man. I mean, you got guys in the major leagues right now and you've, you've got the kind of facility that, is, that, that, can, that can attract the right kind of talent. Um, I mean, nobody thinks about Connecticut in baseball, though, right? I mean, it's like this is a it's a program that that the last time that they were in the College World Series is the first time that Arkansas was in the College World Series. So leading up until then, like like UConn was actually like a good baseball school. But that's 1979. It's it's been a it's been a long, long time. Uh, But, you know, I mean, a team that, that wins a road regional is a three seed can can probably make a little bit of noise it's just they're going all the way across the country they're they're facing they're facing a team that's loaded with power in stanford and has great arms and i mean they got the toughest of all of the draws just when you're looking at like the travel and the team that they're facing and 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 a team that that that's already recently been to Omaha. Like this is this Stanford team. It's the bulk of their team was there last year. And they're just, they're just, they're probably a little better than they were last year. So, I, I mean, it's not like UConn got screwed in this case, being a three seeds, a little weird if you're a league champion to be, to be honest, but you know, it is a, it is a shadow of what the, it tells you what the biggies what's going on in biggies baseball. I think. I'll get with the commission. Uh, all right. So this is, yeah. Super regionals, like, well, obviously you're going to be in Chapel Hill. Uh, what are you, you know, Arkansas, non-Arkansas, whatever. Is there one that, that you're intrigued by? Are you excited? I mean, what, what, what are you looking for this weekend? Uh, 
let's see. Let me give you one from each side of the bracket. So on, on Friday. Can I give you one? The Tech. What's that? I was, I was going to ask Virginia Tech, right? They, is that who you're going to say? No, I was going to say Texas and ECU Texas. In, in, in Greenville. Because this is, ECU is, Aaron, is consistently now like called the best baseball program that's never been to Omaha. Ooh. And they're playing against the Longhorns who've, who've been there to Omaha more than anyone else 37 times and have won the six national championships and were number one this year. And this is the first time that ECU is ever hosting a super regional. You know, they lost last year at Vanderbilt. They lost at Louisville in 2019, and they've lost all six supers they've ever been in. And you got a team with Texas, like Ivan Melendez is, is a finalist for the Golden Spikes Award. They're built around the home run, and they have a great pitching staff. And you get an ECU team under Cliff Godwin that's a little more of a small ball-oriented kind of a team, and it's, it's a good intro. And, and two teams that are really, really good in the field. They're two, two of the top three teams in fielding percentage. So they make most of the plays that come their way. Um, uh, it would be, I mean, anyone in Arkansas would be rooting against Texas for sure. But this is a true like David versus Goliath sort of a thing in terms of the programs. You know, it's almost like Butler versus Duke in basketball. It's what you're doing here. Uh, so, I mean, that's one that's just really, really fun to think about what could happen there. On the other side, outside of Arkansas, because, I mean, I already think Arkansas, North Carolina is going to be a lot of fun. The Ole Miss, Southern Miss matchup. I was going to ask about that. Are they, is that big brother, little brother? Like, is Ole Miss good? I know Ole Miss was, I think, the last team in the field. But are they going to walk in there like, we really got to go to Hattiesburg right now? That's kind of what I feel. That's kind of vibe I get. No. No, I think they understand the situation. I mean, Southern Miss was was top 10 all year long. They dominated Conference USA. Uh, and it's not just a, like a flash in the pan year uh, for, for the Golden Eagles and Scott Ferry because they've consistently been, uh, I think, the best program in that league for the last five, six years. We saw them at, uh, at uh, the regional in Fayetteville in 2019. And uh, Matt Walner was their, was their big player then. He's already in the big leagues. So that's a really good program. And they're used to playing each other. They've already played each other twice this year. Uh, they split the games. And they've played 133 games between Ole Miss wow. and Southern Miss all time. That's more than Ole Miss has played Arkansas, by the way. And, we, and the Hogs and Rebels have been in the same league since 1992. So um, it's just – I don't think they, that – does Ole Miss view Southern Miss as, uh, as, the, as the little brother? Yeah, probably, you know, but they, I think they're also laughing that Mississippi State is not there to try to defend their world, their uh, sure. national championship sure. from last year. Mississippi State didn't even make it to Hoover, which was mind blowing because they had quite a lot of holdovers from last year. Ole Miss is a scary lineup right now. You know, uh, Alderman, Bench, Kemp, uh, uh, Elko, I mean, really, and I'm just forgetting guys left and right, but they have a scary lineup right now, and their pitching has come around. That was the big question about Ole Miss. It's sort of like with football. Can their defense come around? And then it did last year. Well, then in baseball, it took it took a couple of months for their pitching to come around, and it's come back around again. And and that's a team that, that I mean, it's the road, sure, um, but it's just like three hours away from Oxford, so it's right there for them. I love the all Mississippi uh, yeah. super regional. I think it's super because that's a great baseball state. Juco, college baseball, 
high school baseball. It's, it's really a fantastic baseball state. Yeah, that was one that stood out to me on paper when I saw him. Last thing, what did Virginia Tech, was, was Virginia Tech just really good last weekend? Have they been good all year? I saw they outscored their opponents by like 46 runs total or something like that, right? I think they've been good all year. Um, they, they've been in a position, I mean, they got the fourth seed overall. So that means they were, I haven't watched any Virginia Tech, but if they're the fourth seed overall sure. in the tournament, then that then 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 they are they're as good as gold. You don't get the you don't get a top eight seed by just being by just having a few good weeks here and there. Those are the consistent teams. The top eight national seeds are the teams that were probably the most consistent throughout the year, and that's why you earn playing in your home ballpark in 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 June. This was great. Do it again a year from now. No, in all seriousness, it was great. Uh, Phil Elson, the voice of Arkansas baseball. He'll be in Chapel Hill this weekend. Not going to lie. I've kind of publicly said I'd see all you guys in Omaha. I looked into some travel accommodations <laughs> if, uh, if the Huskers make it. I'm just, you know, I'm just going to be, uh, I'm always transparent on my own show here. I thought I'd see all you guys in Omaha. I don't know if I will, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of baseball, man. I really, I really feel like last weekend, I, I don't know if captivated the nation. Like, I don't want to go that far, but between the Maryland UConn thing play the Stanford, you know, rally in the ninth, it felt like, you know, the Arkansas Oak state game just felt like more people were watching than I ever remember. And it's just, like you said, the urgency, it, it's just a fun sport to consume, especially when there's a bunch of games going on all at the same time. Like there were last weekend and there will be this weekend. Well, and, and AT, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a late convert to college baseball because I'm a, I grew up in Pittsburgh as a pirates fan and a professional sports fan. I mean, I was a Pitt fan for football and basketball. I didn't even know that Pitt had a baseball team. And I say that jokingly um, baseball guy, first and foremost, I never went to see a Pitt baseball game. Sure. I went to hundreds of pirates games. So I, you know, and I started doing baseball on the radio in the minor leagues and didn't pay any attention to college. So being a part of the Razorback baseball program, this is my eighth year doing these games, and I filled in for three years before that. It's an intoxicating way to enjoy this sport. Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy college baseball more than I do Major League Baseball. Um, it's there, it, there, there's something of the, the intensity of it, uh, the joy that the guys play with. Uh, there's something to it that I think you can get addicted to certainly this time of the year, it's easy to get addicted to it. And I know I am. Well, and it's funny because, you know, you say all that I went to UConn and I always joke, I went to one game at UConn my entire four years there. And it was Jeff Samarja was pitching for Notre Dame. I might've told this story last year when you were on, and it was the year that he was awesome in football too. So we're like, Oh, we got to go see Jeff Samarja pitch. And he obviously chose major league baseball. But I only bring it up because I joke about like, oh, I'm this diehard baseball, UConn baseball fan, man. I, you know, I, I, I never followed it. I got into it last year. I think I told the story, but um, three, three teams from Connecticut were in it. So I started following it and it's a really fun sport. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, maybe before Omaha, we'll do another one. We'll see, but let's get through this weekend first. I know you got to travel. You, you, you got at least two more, maybe three more games to get through before we start talking about that. But, you know, I always appreciate you making time, man. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Aaron. I always enjoy talking anything with you. But when it comes to college baseball, I'm glad to be your uh, 
your yes. Adams, your 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 Woj Junior. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, 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 no Woj Junior. You're just my Woj. You're just my Woj. But you got Bill it. El- you got it. <laughs> Bill Elson, uh, Arkansas baseball, ESPN. I'm on with them every Friday. Um, I don't have your Twitter handle on hand. I'm so bad. But I, I Phil Elson X by XPX, right? Is that right? Phil Elson PXP. PXP. <laughs> been a long week man it's been a long week (laughs) you're good hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.